What does Hattie Kalakash of Locked On NHL Prospects think of the Sharks draft here on today's episode of Locked On Sharks? Your Locked On Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast covering your favorite team in the Bay Area. My name is J.D. Young, uh, contributor at Inside the Rink and San Jose Hockey Now, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Sharks your first listen, proudly a part of the Locked on Network. We cover your team every day, or at least three days a week right now, as we are full on to the offseason. Um Joined by good friend Hattie, Hattie Kalakash uh, from the Locked On Angel Prospects. We're going to talk about uh, what he thought of the Sharks draft, especially, uh, you know, kind of the bulk of the, those top four picks. Um, but he's going to give his thoughts. So, Hattie, it's Saturday afternoon, yep. and there's no better way to talk dra- than draft picks, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, this is a time I just finished up watching a couple 2024 prospects, so I'm starting early on that. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, circle right back to San Jose's draft, which was honestly really not bad. I, I loved uh, the picks that they made, especially in the ranks that they were available. Uh, a couple of picks I was extremely, extremely surprised to see available that low. Yeah, so I mean, we have to start, of course, at the top, right? Uh, getting Will Smith and Quentin Musty. We'll start with Will Smith, the fourth overall pick, and I think there will be a, a percentage of Sharks fans and a percentage of Canadians fans, a percentage of yep. uh, Coyotes fans. will all kind of side-eye and look, keep an eye on, on Mishkov um, as he progresses. Um, but, I mean, Will Smith, it's not like Mike Greer picks some third-line grinder. Will Smith's a great player, and I listened to you guys' uh, Pacific Breakdown. I know you, you have there are some issues with Smith that he's going to have to work on, but the Sharks are still getting a dynamic, dynamic player at number four, right? Absolutely. I mean, for me, this is he, he's he's already the best prospect in the pool uh, for me I by agree. a decent margin. <laughs> he's just so supremely skilled. Um, now, obviously, the, the pace of play needs to come a bit uh, of, of a while. He needs to improve his foot speed and learn to to reach that top speed of a Zegras or a Cooley, uh, which, you know, he tries to play that style. But without the speed, it's kind of difficult. Right. Mm-hmm. So just upping that pace of play, upping that foot speed will really help him. And also just learning when to just drive the net rather than he, he's really good at delaying. He's really good at finding open pockets of space and working with space. But I want to see him, you know, battle for possession at full speed, heading to the net, that kind of thing. You know, some of the things that make Ryan Leonard so effective yep. uh, were things that I saw lacking from Will Smith's game. I feel like if you take Will Smith and Ryan Leonard and put them together, you get like a perfect hockey player. <laughs> they just, they their, their skill sets are yep. similar in some areas, but, what Leonard lacks, Will Smith has in spades, and what Will Smith lacks, Leonard has in spades. So it's just it's the type of thing where I, I would like to see him emulate Leonard a bit more in the in the type of game, the the intensity, the approach, mm-hmm. the just go to the net, see what happens kind of mindset um, is what I like to see. So that's kind of my read on Will Smith. But at fourth overall, I mean, I was astounded. I thought he'd be gone at third. Uh, but when Adam Fantilli dropped to three, I was like, yeah, no, okay, Will Smith's going to be available for the Sharks and. I'm not surprised at all that they picked him up. He's right in their wheelhouse, and he wasn't going to slip further than that. I mean, Kent Hughes knows Will Smith very well, so if he wasn't gone at four, he was gone at five for sure. 
Yeah, and we know uh, Mike Greer knows Will Smith very well from uh, their uh, Mike Greer's son played with Will Smith, the Boston Connection, all that fun stuff, of course. So, sure. uh, and going to you know speaking of Boston Connection, he's going to Boston College. Um, you know, it's I think it's going to be up to Will Smith if he plays one year or two years at Boston College, depending on how well he continues to develop. He said one of the things that he wants to work on is being a you know kind of every situation type of player playing those penalty you know minutes playing in his own defensive zone because he never had to do that for the u.s national team because they just were like defenses for nerds let's just go score a bunch of points and they scored a bunch of points so yeah. um but you mentioned the foot speed is that something where it's just as he continues to get stronger and add more muscle to his frame you should see that continue to get better and better i wouldn't be surprised but at the same time i'd be astounded if it it hits the level of a Trevor Zegers or Logan Cooley. Yeah. Maybe it was just watching him all year and contrasting him with Oliver Moore, who is just by far the best skater in the draft. He is very good at skating. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you mentioned the whole uh, defenses for nerds thing. I mean, it yeah. is when you have Oliver Moore on your second line. Like he He's going to do the work of three lines in terms of defensive mm. acumen and involvement, um, which kind of freed up Will Smith to just explore offensively a lot. But the thing is, I like to see players at least be willing to engage in those scenarios. Yeah. That's one thing that I want to see from Will Smith is it's one thing to not need to do it, but it's another thing to not have to face that scenario at all and yeah. then not explore that area of your game at all, which then leads you to not really develop that area of your game. Uh, you can develop it off the ice as much as you want. You can develop it in, in training drills and all that as much as you want. But if it's not game scenarios, it's very difficult to replicate and make a regular element of your game. So that's one thing that I really want to see from Will Smith. Yeah, and playing in, in uh, at Boston College, he's gonna. I think he's gonna have every opportunity to work on that, um, oh, sure. making that jump from kind of the U.S. national team, USHL program to playing in Bay hockey. We're gonna kind of, you know, we talked with friend Billy Sullivan uh, last week. We talked about that. He called it that gauntlet, you know, for these young guys, where it's just like survive and try to kind of figure things out. So yeah, I, I think he's gonna be in good hands. I think uh, we're Sharks fans are gonna be very very excited here. Um, I know Sharks fans are over the moon about Quentin Musty, who fell to them at 26 and was the talk of the prospect scrimmage, uh, where he turned 18 on his birth or on his birthday, 18th birthday, scored two goals, had another goal in the shootout, and Sharks fans are already like hyping up uh, the Musty train. So yeah. um, it's crazy he fell to them at 26, right? Yeah, no, it, it absolutely is. I mean, we had Dalver prospects had him at 11th uh, on our final rankings. Um, he he was about at the 12, 13 range for me at the very end of the same tier as Will Smith. Uh, so it's very interesting to me that he fell to 26. He's very raw. Don't get me yes. wrong. He is. He's not a complete prospect by any means. His defensive game needs to come leaps and bounds. But one thing that I really saw improve throughout the years at the start of the year, Quentin Musty was making me pull my hair out with his decision making and his hockey sense. It was it was awful at times. He would just throw pucks haphazardly at players without any kind of delay or basically the first, the moment he saw a guy, he tried to throw it up to him and kind of delegate. What he would do is he would delegate his problems rather than solve them with a buck. So mm -hmm. he'd just be like, okay, this is your problem. Now take the puck. <laughs> like without actually, you know, drawing a player in, making a player through them. But at the end of the year, you saw a drastic difference. I watched him a couple times, uh, especially around March, April. And, not only was his hockey sense not a weakness, it was probably his biggest strength, mm -hmm. which is really interesting to me because it's very rare that you see a, a player with that steep of a progression in a specific area, especially one as important as hockey sense. But, man, there were times where he was blending his elite skill because, you know, skill set wise alone, he's probably top five at worst top 10 in the draft. Yeah. Um, 
the hands, the shot, the passing, it's really high end and, and really clever. But when he when he paired that with a hockey sense at the end of the year, I mean, he just he was a different player. So I don't know if a lot of teams just watched a couple game of his early on and were just like, I'm I don't like watching this player, so let's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what led him to slip, or maybe it's the inconsistency or the rawness that scared some guys off. But Quentin Mussey is a supremely skilled player, and I'm just completely baffled that he was there at 26. I thought he would be gone way earlier than that, especially as a big kind of, you know, he's got the every he's got every tool to become a power forward. He just needs to yeah. put it all together. He's not a he doesn't play the power forward style yet, but he's got every single element you want from a power forward. And teams usually just jump on those guys right away. So I'm just astounded. Yeah, I mean, six foot two guy just. 200 pounds already just turned 18 and is like yeah he can skate he can shoot he can do anything um yeah it's crazy and it feels like the sharks we'll we'll talk about some of our overall thoughts but i mean it feels like the sharks laid a foundation here with quentin musty and and will smith and you know i i did my top 10 sharks prospects and will smith's number one william was number two and i have quentin musty at number three and i feel like i i I feel like that's that's a pretty safe thing to say right now. I mean, I know they just they haven't played in any you know haven't played in NHL games, but you got to feel really confident coming uh, out of this draft from at least from the first round. So before we get into second round picks and uh, Cagnoni and some of the other guys, I do need to take a quick break. Uh, talk to you guys about our friends over at Fanduel and. It's baseball season right now, and if you are looking to, you know, maybe lay a little wood or get in on the action, um, you can take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount uh, and bonus bets. That's $200. That's right. Bet 20 bucks, you land $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose, that's $200 you can spend on betting everything from the money line to over-unders of who you think is going to hit the first home run. Um, betting Otani to hit a home run, just, it's, it's, it feels like it's safe money because uh, that dude is just crushing it right now. So um, you can do this all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, so we're, we feel really good about the, the foundation. And pick number 36 when they picked Casper Halton, who already signed his ELC. So you know the Sharks like him if he's already signed his ELC. You talked that he was kind of a specialist player on, on when you did your Pacific breakdown. Um, yeah. What do you mean by that, and why do you think it's a good pick here at 26? Or at 36, sorry. At 36, is it's decent-ish value. I had him in the yeah. 40s, but about in the same kind of range as this. Yeah. Uh, for me, the thing is with Haltonen is I've never seen a player shoot more <laughs> in, in a very long the time. Man loves to shoot the puck. <laughs> yeah, he's up there with Matvey Mishkov in terms of the shooters in this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's really good at it. I mean, he, he can wire it. He's got a f- fantastic shot. And both in terms of power and accuracy and just his ability to find open ice in, in, in the slot is just it's uncanny how good he is at finding that that space and working with it and quickly getting a shot off. It's just for me outside of that, I don't see much manipulation. I don't see much deception. I don't see much awareness, the playmaking. He's not a playmaker at all. He's more of a, uh, I'd say a connector. Like he'll, okay. he'll make a pass to make a pass. He'll, he'll hit his first outlet, but he never holds on to the puck or finds a second or third outlet. That's just not his game. Mm-hmm. Um, Decent-ish, but pretty much bang on average skater. So what you're getting out of Halton in is a guy who you're hoping 
can score some goals and he absolutely can i mean yes. just just on volume alone and usually volume shooters do pan out especially because the volume doesn't go away yeah it's just for me is how does he incorporate that volume more efficiently because okay. right now he's shooting on reception pretty much every chance he gets but it's a different ball game to actually take that many shots but have them all be good shots so that's kind of the next step for him um and it's weird to say that you know a guy who's a specialist as a shooter needs to improve his shooting but <laughs> you just bank on your bank on your good card i think yeah. that's what helton needs to do um and if he can just be a, a trigger man on the power play kind of like uh, victor olofsson and in, uh, in buffalo just a guy who just plug up there and he just scores you 30 a, a year from the from the half ball then sure i mean 30 goals, you'll take that. The Sharks need more goal scorers in their system anyway. So um, he's got an interesting decision, right? Or at least him or the Sharks or whoever is, you know, his agent. Because um, he played last year in Liga in the, the Finnish league, right? And yep. it struggled, I, I would say. I, I think uh, Sebastian said he was snake bit and he shot a bunch, uh, wasn't able to score. But yeah. the London Knights have his rights and there's talk of him going to the OHL. Um, if you, he came to you said hattie what do you think i should do what would you do if 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 or what would you suggest do you think he sticks in liga where yes he's playing against men but maybe he's not getting as much ice time and stuff or would you send him to a really good london ice team that's got a bunch of first round picks you got sam dickinson's gonna be a high pick next year's draft um you know that team's gonna be good you're probably gonna be a top six player on that team what do you think I mean, if it's a matter of upping his confidence, it, it really just depends on what you want to work on with Halton because he's going to work on a shot regardless, just based on how many shots he takes, really. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I mean, if you if you send him to London, it's really confidence thing because he's going to be playing with a lot of really good playmakers and a league that, you know, we saw it at the World Juniors. He was the only guy on Finland at times. Yep. I mean, he's just he's able to dominate his age group. That's not an issue. So sending him to London, where he's going to be facing about the same age of guys, and even you know, in, ter- in terms of quality, they're going to be a lot less. Um, I, I think that's really just to make sure that you work on his mindset as the top guy on his team, as a top trigger man, as a top scorer on his team. But I think he already has that mindset, just given mm-hmm. the, the the propensity he has for shooting. So I think that playing in the Liga and, and getting comfortable with working that level um, and, and being able to score goals and finding trickier ways in order to get into those pockets at the right times, I think that that would be kind of the best plan for Halton and just to make sure that he's working at a level where there's a there's a competitive roadblock that's forcing him to adapt because that's what he needs to do. He needs to adapt his game. He needs to mold his game because if he keeps playing junior, I feel like that's going to stunt his development more than anything. Whereas gotcha. if he's facing pros who who are already giving him more challenges to get to the slot to get those shots off, he's going to have to find more ways, and that's what you want from him. So I think it's a better idea to send him to Liga. Okay. Um... We're going to skip Savota. We'll talk about kind of some of the rest of the guys here. But I know, Cagnoni, you and uh, Sebastian were both uh, shocked that he made it to the Sharks at 123. And you both yep. love this pick. I love this pick. I mean, I had Cagnoni as a potential pick for the Sharks at 36 mm-hmm. and getting him at, at 123. And I know smaller defensemen, right? But if it's like the smaller defensemen, they either are really good in the NHL and they don't make it at all or they don't make it at all type of thing. And I have a feeling... Mm-hmm he might just be really good. So Cagnoni. For me, Luca Cagnoni was in the easily in the top five uh, for defensemen in this draft. I Mm -hmm. really, really love this player for me. He's a, he's the smartest defenseman in this class, but the thing is with Cagnoni, you're getting a smaller defender who can't really skate all that well, which there's no market for that in the NHL. So I, I'm surprised, but also not surprised that he slipped outside of the top two, top three rounds. 
123 is is very very good value for me because if he can work around his intelligence especially a guy who is going to be facing most scenarios a lot he's going to be going into board battles a lot more as he grows and especially as he turns pro he's a bit of more of a long-term project but you're banking on smarts and for me that's a bet you take every time i I've always said that smarts are very difficult to teach and even more difficult to refine to the point that Canyon already has. So you're getting a guy whose smarts are A, A plus, and then mm. the skill set is decent enough. He's got a good shot. He's able to manipulate passing lanes. He's able to break out the puck with a pass. You're just waiting on him to develop his skating, which can definitely come with strength and conditioning and just age overall. And you're banking on him filling out his frame and becoming a bit more physical yep. um, to compensate for his lack of size. But for me, Canyoni is just it's just fantastic value at 123. I mean, we saw again, I know it's a prospect scrimmage, but you saw the flashes of his playmaking and his skill and mm-hmm. him being able to kind of think and create on the fly there. And yeah, yeah again. This this is a, an easy bet to take, right? Because if, if he pans out, you are getting it like a, a good NHL defenseman. And if he doesn't work out, it's a fourth round pick. And we you could name me a hundred sharks fourth round picks who just never planned panned out type of thing. So yeah, I absolutely love this. And I think he's gonna have a bit of a chip on his shoulder, right? Never wasn't drafted in the WHL draft, mm-hmm. um, worked his way up, you know, as and I think for him was projected as a potential second round went to the fourth. I think there's going to be a little bit of that chip on his shoulder. That's just going to continue to drive him to try to be the best possible player he can be. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, Luca Cagnoni was not drafted in the dub and then within a couple, within a year and a half became the best defenseman on his team, which isn't out of the question for him at the NHL level either. I mean, the, the, the ceiling is sky high. The floor is very low. Yeah. Um, but there is a scenario, and that's why I had him in my top 20. There is a scenario where Luca Cagnoni becomes a number two, number three defenseman. And if you get that in the fourth round, you're you're screaming laughing. It's just great value. It is great value. Um, before we finish up, we're going to, you know, kind of some of these other guys that you might have a couple notes on. Um, and then we'll some overall thoughts on the draft. Um, do want to thank you guys for making Locked On Sharks your first listen. Again, highly part of the Locked On Network. We cover your team every day or at least right now three days a week um if you want to be an everyday just make sure you guys are following wherever you get podcasts or you can watch on youtube um i have a i don't want to spoil yet but i have a hall of fame caliber guest coming on next uh sorry hattie you, you, the this guest uh yeah it's pretty good i'll tell you when we're done recording so um but just make sure you guys are following along wherever you get podcasts um and of course on youtube all right, so you got some notes on some of the guys. So Savota, I know you watched a little bit of too. Um, so give me Savota. I know he very, very, very talented USHL team with the Young Sound Phantoms was kind of yeah. playing that third line defensive role. Um, potential bottom six, middle six forward in the future. Yeah, I, I see the third line is kind of the ceiling for him. Mm-hmm. You, he's a very straightforward player, but there are some kind of tantalizing flashes of skill. Sometimes he'll pull off a pass that makes you kind of raise your eyebrows. Sometimes he'll take a shot from distance that'll find a corner, and you're like, oh, maybe you can work on on yeah. those areas and kind of develop him into a skilled guy. But I mainly see him as a guy who's going to man the net front, who's going to win you some battles, he's going to go in those corners and, and do the hard work for you, and kind of just make life easy for your top six as they hop on uh, over the bench. Um, just the type of guy who is loved by his teammates and con- consistently puts in the work. I mean, you, you're getting that in the third round. It's kind of steep Valley for me. I didn't have him ranked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I watched a lot of the Youngstown fans. So they're one of the teams I watched the most. 
Um, I was kind of surprised to see him gone at 71. It's, it's a bit steep, but I would have taken Canyoni at 26. So, I mean, I, I'm fine. <laughs> if you flip them both, we're okay. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's not the end of the world. Um, and maybe Yegor Rumashevsky could be a decent kind of long-term swing at, in the seventh round at 203. Um, great shooter. He, he's basically got no engagement to him, which is his main flaw. He doesn't really paddle hard in, in, on the forecheck, on the back check, in his own zone. But one thing he can do is he can just fire that puck, and he's able to find pockets of space and make some decent little slip passes or area passes. So I see some flashes of hockey sense, but with Rumashevsky, you're basically begging him to develop um, a bit more intensity, a bit more motor, a bit more drive to his game. But if you can get him to do that, he's a great skater, can make some decent passes in tight, and can shoot the lights out, which is just great value. And in the seventh round, it's a long-term swing. It'll take a long while, but yeah. you never know with these guys. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, McKean's there. They said uh, you'll never find anybody who cheats the zone as much as him. <laughs> He's yeah. like basically uh, just gone already, which... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I still chuckle about that. So yeah. um, let's get some overall thoughts. So, I mean, I think one thing with Mike Greer, you know, with his last year's draft class was kind of the, the com- he had been on the job for like three days and was kind mm-hmm. of the combo between him and Doug Wilson. Um, this year's draft class, like you can see the Sharks added size, like all these guys, mm-hmm. except for Cagnoni are six foot or above. And a lot of them are six, two, six, three, six, four. Mm-hmm. Um, that I know the Sharks prospect pool. It's, a little bit more on the shorter end with Eklund and Bordalo and Kushin and Robbins and stuff. But I mean, what do you think of, of you know, kind of trying to blend that speed and skill that, that it seems like Mike is trying to do right now? Yeah, for me, it, I don't really mind as long as you're not overcompensating, right? Yeah. Like for me, Andrew Cristal was there at 36, probably would have been my guy over Haltonen. That's probably the only pick along with Svoboda where I'm just like, uh, there were other guys that I definitely would have shot for first. But a lot of the guys dropped. We don't know why. I mean, it might just be that they bombed interviews. might just be some off-ice stuff that isn't really known to the public. Yep. You know, guys like Jaden Perron, who I had ranked high, and other guys oh, like that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 94. I mean, obviously, the Carolina Hurricanes picked him up, which is kind of good news to me as a scout because I'm doing something right if the if the Hurricanes like him. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, no, I mean – there, there were a couple picks where I'm just like, uh, y- you kind of sacrificed skill in, in favor of size. But Quentin Musty is just the best of both worlds at 26. I think that's the perfect. Just you're not you're not sacrificing any skill. You're not sacrificing size. He's just mm-hmm. he's got both in spades. So that's a that's a the pick that fits. Will Smith is average size. Um, doesn't play the most physically, but can definitely fend off players. Um, and yeah, Halton is just the epitome of a big guy who can score. So, you know, there are some picks in there that I'm kind of like, uh, there was value there that yeah. he could have taken instead. But at the end of the day, Halton isn't awful value at 36. Um, it's just given who was there. Um, Brandon Savota, like I said, 71 is a bit high, but weren't many guys that I would be screaming for at that range. Uh, so it's not too bad. And if you, if those picks let you take Luca Canyoni at one twenty three and take that big swing on skill uh, versus size, then sure. It's, it's just a matter of hitting that sweet spot and not just basically doing a, a an Arizona hurricanes and picking exclusively six, two plus players um, no matter what. I mean, I, I feel like the, I feel like the coyotes basically sorted by size and that's how they, they have the rankings. <laughs> it was pretty weird. Uh, but yeah, they're kind of uh, in, in a whole different world. But for me, as long as you you let those big picks let you, you know, yeah. swing on smaller guys that are more skilled, I'm okay with it. Yeah, and I think there was 
or at least my, my thought is, especially with 71, is it seemed like maybe they're trying to trade up for a goalie, and then you had that huge run on goalies kind of like yeah. in the, the 50s, 60s, and I think they kind of missed out on that on that potential right there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and especially because it felt like there was, at least I was hoping, you know, like, okay, there might be a goalie that drops to you that you can kind of trade up for, and yeah. I knew Mike Greer said, we're going to try to draft a goalie. Mm-hmm. They unfortunately didn't draft a goalie, and I mean, I think this year's goalie, there's there's some good players, but there's no one where you're like, okay, that's my future goaltender, right? Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, there were a couple that were available. I, I think Trey Augustine went to the pick right before Casper Halton, and, and I would not have been surprised at all to see um, to see uh, San Jose pick up Trey Augustine or yeah. uh, Adam Guyon went right before as well. You know, there were a couple goalies that went right before their picks. Uh, Jacob Fowler was, was picked at 69, uh, who's also from Youngstown. Yep. Um, so they could have swung on him at, at 71 if he was available. But like you said, I mean, you're not going to trade up for those guys necessarily because they're not kind of make or break value. You can find a goalie next year, the year after in the third, fourth, fifth round. Um, goalies are kind of a crapshoot. You can just pick them up anywhere and they can become elite NHLers. Yes. Uh, I mean, other than, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury, Carey Price, Andre Vasilevsky. I mean, there aren't a lot of high end goaltenders that are picked in the first round. Yeah, I mean, you're you're starting. To, it does seem like it's starting to come around a little bit, though, with like, uh, well, you know, uh, Volander, who's picked in the 20s by the Wild, and looks like he's going to be an absolute stud. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, Askarov, who looks good, even though the the rumors of, of Nashville putting him out there potential yeah. is, is a little weird. Uh, but yeah, I wonder if our goalies are we going to make goalies great again, Hattie? Uh, <laughs> so um, we'll, see. we'll see. So um, overall, though, I mean, you're I think. As Sharks fans, you you went through a terrible season. You got to be at least feeling good about like, okay, we we can kind of see Mike Greer's vision of that competitive skill um, yep. with with Musty with Smith um, Cagnonia as as a, I think a, a really good gamble to make at, at the fourth round. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be tough on you. Give me a grade. I know it, oh. it's impossible to grade him right now, but yeah. It's a it's a good B plus for me. I mean, the Quentin Musty pick is an A plus already. The Luca Canyon yeah. pick is an A plus. Um, I'd say the Will Smith pick is a is a B B plus. The Casper Haltonen pick is a, probably a C C plus. Mm-hmm. Um, Svoboda's down at a, maybe a C minus D plus, and then you know a couple guys after that. There, I mean, I haven't scouted Axel Landon. I've scouted a very very little of David Klee and Eric Polkamp. Yeah. Um, but Yegor Remishevsky, I watched a lot of for me. That's a, a decent B pick. So overall, yeah, B B plus makes makes good sense for the for the Sharks. And they barely made the cut on our uh winners and losers uh episode <laughs> from Friday. Um they were one of our honorable mentions for the winners uh from the draft. So it's just hard to beat Carolina with their with their draft picks every year. They're just they ready. can't keep getting away with it. <laughs> they can't. It's horrible. It's not fair. They keep getting away. It's like, oh, you're good and you draft really well with the amazing player. It doesn't seem it's fair. absurd. Yeah, it's absurd. It is absurd. So, um, Hattie, thank you so much. Uh, where can the people find you? Of course, so the one-stop shop is uh, HattieK underscore scouting on Twitter. You find everything I post there, uh, everything that's uh, podcast episodes, articles, um, just overall rankings, all that stuff. Getting ready for the 2024 draft already, so getting some viewings in. Uh, probably will be a bit of a while before I put some rankings out, just because I like to be a lot more comfortable with prospects. I usually put out my first rankings around end of September, start of October. Mm-hmm. And either way, there won't be a lot of hockey in the meantime, just basically some MHL tape, so... Um, I can scout rushing players all you want, but I, I want to scout the rest of the of the hockey world. So 
yeah, no, one stop shops, Hattie K underscore scouting. Everything I post goes there. Otherwise, a podcast, you can find it at LO underscore NHL prospects on Twitter or anywhere you find this podcast. Just look up Locked On NHL Prospects and you'll find it. All right. And of course, you can find Locked On Sharks wherever you get podcasts. You can also watch on YouTube as well. Um, you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and threads at Locked On Sharks. You can find me on uh, Twitter and threads at my fry hole until Wednesday. Bye, friends.